Welcome to the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover, and with me is your host and teacher, Chris Katolka. Steve, we're going to actually be talking to somebody that you just were with in Israel. Her name's Sarah Granitza. She's the director of the Christian Friends of Yad Vashem, which means she represents Yad Vashem, Israel's Holocaust uh, Memorial and Museum to the Christian community all around the world. So she's going to be on with us talking about um, not only Yad Vashem, but the work that she's doing, reaching Christians with the not only the information um, and education, but the importance of what the Holocaust meant to the Jewish people as well. But before that, in the news, an Eastern Mediterranean pipeline that would deliver Israeli gas to Europe was considered not viable. This according to United States Undersecretary of State Victoria Newland. The hope is to wean Europe off of Russian energy, but Newland says in 10 years, we want to be far, far more green and far more diverse. Well, Steve, here's my take. Uh, I don't know what world Undersecretary Newland lives in, but green technology, it's great. I'm excited for it, but we have a long, long way to go before it's the only source of energy. Israel has resources to supply Europe with natural gas, but she says no because it's not green. Newland is setting up a world that continues to make Europe dependent on Russia when they could be dependent on both Israel and the United States. Well, hello, Sarah Granitza. It's great to see you. I'm glad that you could be with us. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, Sarah is the director of Christian Friends of Yad Vashem. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Sarah, okay, before we talk about Christian Friends of Yad Vashem, you know, there might be some people driving in their car right now, listening on the radio station or listening on the podcast, and they might be scratching their head right now and thinking, okay, Christian Friends of Yad Vashem, but what is Yad Vashem? So would you take a moment to share what Yad Vashem is? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Yad Vashem is the Holocaust Remembrance and Education Center in Jerusalem. Yad Vashem was established many years ago in 1953 by the Israeli parliament. 1953, it's only five years after the establishment of the State of Israel. We're talking about a very young country with a lot of issues on its plate and only eight years after the end of World War II, after the Holocaust. Um, that, at that time, the Jewish people and the government of Israel understood that a place has to be built uh, to commemorate and to uh, remember what happened during the war. Um, the name Yad Vashem was taken out of a verse in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 56, verse 5, which says, And within my house and within my walls I shall give you a memorial and a name which shall never be cut off. In Hebrew, the word Yad has two meanings. One of them is a hand, mm -hmm. but it's also a memorial. Ve is and. Shem is a name, a memorial and a name. And in Hebrew, the verse is, V'natati lachem beveiti uvuchomotai yad vashem asher lo yicharet. You're remembering the names of those who perished in the Holocaust, the memorial of the name which lives on in many ways. Is I've been through Yad Vashem uh, several times, and for anybody who ever goes on a tour to Israel from the United States or, or anywhere, uh, it needs to become a priority to get to Yad Vashem because of the, 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 the idea of remembering, memorializing those who suffered greatly during one of 
uh, the Jewish people's darkest moments during the Holocaust. I think that's really important. Um, I'm thankful that you're here. So you're a you're the director of the Christian Friends of Yad Vashem. Can you explain that? What does that mean? So I'll come back to this question. I just want to elaborate on what you just said, the importance of coming to Yad Vashem and that Yad Vashem remembers the names. Well, first of all, we have to remember that in the Bible itself, the, the verb remember appears more than 100 times. So we always have to remember. We're commanded to remember different things throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so we have to see ourselves as, as we say, you know, on the first eve of Passover, when we read the Jewish people sit around their tables and they do the Seder nights. Uh, you were talking about the Passover coming soon in the uh, earlier today. Um, we say that we each one has to see himself as if he himself came out of Egypt. So each one of us has to see himself as if he came out of the Holocaust. Now in the Holocaust, the Nazis wanted to eradicate the name of the the people of Israel, and they took away the Jewish people's names and identity. They gave the people numbers. Mm. Yad Hashem, one of the things that he does is really like the name says, a memorial and a name, giving back the names of these individuals. Mm. But Yad Vashem has three major pillars, and I will go through it very, very quickly. Uh, one of them is collecting the information. The names is one of the information that we collect but we collect testimonies, artifacts, document, diaries, pictures, and then we research because it's extremely important to be very, very accurate with the information that we have. And the third pillar is education. And I think throughout our conversation, we'll go back to these pillars. Now to your question. Yeah, That's please. Excellent question. The one, the Christian friends of Yad Vashem, and you're the director of that. So I, I was hoping you might share about that. And maybe what pillar that fits into as well. Great. Uh, so uh, many years have passed until in 2006, Yad Vashem decided to establish the Christian Friends of Yad Vashem. Um, it's, not, it's no secret that the Jewish people in the Christian world had some bad history mm-hmm. and anti-Semitism evolved within the church. And immediately after the Holocaust, the Jewish people, I think, and also the Christian world was not ready to work together. Mm-hmm. But thank God, things have changed. And in the last 20 years, we've seen a lot of changes in the relationship between the Christian community and the Jewish community yes. in different ways. And, uh, and we established the Christian Friends of Yad Vashem. And uh, we have two uh, major goals, I would say. One of them is education. So that connects to one of the pillars of Yad Vashem, right? Because um, ignorance, and lack of knowledge is our biggest enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, then you can distort the facts. You can disregard what happened there. Just go forward, look at everything that is happening around you and take it per se as if it is the truth without knowing because you don't know that it, it's not true. I mean, if people will say it wasn't six million Jews that were murdered there or other things that I don't even want to uh, mention, if you will have the knowledge, you will know to combat it. Yes. Another important thing of the educational uh, part is not being a bystander. Because if we know how the Holocaust evolved, if we know what happened there, we know that there was a small minority of people, those that we call righteous among the nations, those non-Jews who risked their lives to save Jews during that, that horrible period of the war, 
um, we have to learn from them. Yeah. That when we see things happening today, when we see uh, lies being told, when we see anti-Semitism, we cannot be bystanders. We cannot just assume it will go away. If you will not be proactive, it will evolve because we know that anti-Semitism and hate crimes are a very slippery slope. Yeah. So that's one uh, important thing uh, that we do in the Christian Friends is uh, bringing up awareness. I travel in different communities. I speak. We have our, Amer our American representative, Pastor Mark Jenkins, who is here and is also available. Uh, we have a lot of activities that we can do with communities and we'll be happy to, if anybody wants to contact us, uh, we'll be happy to assist them anyway. And we're excited to give that information, but we want to make sure that we keep people to the end, Sarah. So we're going to give that information at the end. That's right. We'll leave it for the end. You know, um, I was talking with you earlier and we were talking about your upbringing. Um, you are a very proud mother of five, a proud grandmother. Uh, you're also an Orthodox Jewish woman. And I'm interested to know how your faith plays a role in your position as a director of Christian Friends of Yad Vashem. I just, I'm, I'm interested uh, in how you were drawn to this. Um, well, I have been in Yad Vashem for many years. Before this, before being the director of the Christian Friends, I was the deputy director of the International Relations Division. And indeed, when the this this unit within Yad Vashem, the Christian Friends of Yad Vashem, which is a part of the International Relations Division, was established, we had Christians who led this, uh, this the Christian Friends. Uh, when my the previous director, Dr. Susanna Kokunan, decided to move on, I was offered the position, and I, uh, I was happy to take it upon myself uh, because I think, I'll say two things. I think it's another step in this relationship that is being built. Yeah. Having a Christian lead this is natural. Mm -hmm. Having a Jew lead this, an Orthodox Jew, is another step in this bond that is being built yes. between the two communities. And I think it's extremely important. For me, it's very natural because we talk about the same Bible. Mm -hmm. We believe in the same God. It's very easy for me today, you know, earlier today in chapel that I, when we were learning, you were teaching about uh, Exodus. I knew exactly what... Shmot, right? Exactly. Yep, that's the name in Hebrew. Exactly. And the two verses that you mentioned uh, are verses that we use a lot in our prayers in different holidays. And so yes. it's easy for me sometimes. It's easier for me to talk to the Christian uh, community than to talk to my brethren in Israel who are not religious and do not believe in the Bible. Yes. So I feel that I'm talking really to friends and brethren that we're on the same you know, on the, on the same page. Exactly. Uh, Sarah, we're going to take a quick break, okay? And we're going to come back. And um, I have some very interesting stats that I want to run through with you that kind of uh, I think we need to talk about and the Christian community needs to hear as well. Um, you know, and what goes through my mind, I loved what you said, uh, you know, the Christian community and the Jewish community had a rough relationship in the past. And I honestly believe that comes down to poor interpretation of what the Bible actually teaches about the Jewish people. And over the years, over the past 
decades, uh, we have seen a, 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 a reconciliation that has existed between the Jewish community and the Christian community as a proper interpretation of the Bible has taken place. So we're going to come back in a moment and we're going to look at some of these stats and we're going to talk about them. We've been speaking with Sarah Granitza, who is talking all about the Holocaust and the importance of educating Christians about the Holocaust. That's why I want you to get Dr. Elwood McQuaid's book, Zvi. It's a compelling true story of how a 10-year-old Jewish boy survives the Holocaust, finds life-transforming faith in the Messiah, and becomes God's man on the streets of Jerusalem. Steve, how can our listeners get their hands on a copy of Zvi? The easiest way is to visit us at foiradio.org. There you can learn more, or you can purchase your copy of Zvi by Elwood McQuaid. Sarah, I've been keeping up with the news, and I want you to hear some of these stats, and I want you to respond to them. Um, uh, in 2020, among adults under 40, one in 10 respondents who did not recall ever having heard the word Holocaust before, okay? Um, almost two-thirds of young American adults do not know that six million Jews were killed during the Holocaust, and more than one in ten believe Jews actually, Jewish people actually caused the Holocaust. Um, I'm interested to hear about uh, what your thoughts are on that. And then on top of that, there's been a rise of anti-Semitic activity in America in 2021. You know, as the director of Christian Friends of Yad Vashem, you know, what do you think when you hear those stats? Well, I could talk about this for a week. Yes, I know. We do have very little. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, no, uh, that's life. Uh, so I will relate to a few of the points that if I miss something in my answer, uh, please point it out again. The, I mentioned earlier that one of the things that Yad Vashem does is research. I would say that Holocaust denial is very I would say it's pretty much in the periphery. It's like, it's not mainstream, okay? You have to be super ignorant, uh, not know nothing of the facts. Uh, you know, you go to Europe, you see the gas chambers, it's, you see the Holocaust survivors, you talk to them, where is your family? Where did they all perish? Mm. Why are your fingers broken? I mean, they're facts. I mean, the survivors are still here. But distorting the facts, like saying it wasn't six million, it was less, that's much easier. And we see governments doing that, we see societies doing that. And uh, that's why research, I'll say collecting the information, researching it, and disseminating it. And education is essential. I am sorry to say that today in the United States, the, the current situation of the education is very bad. Yes regarding the Holocaust, and maybe history in large, but particularly this topic. Now, this topic is important because it is relevant to us all. After, you know, just two weeks ago, we were marking the International Holocaust Remembrance Day. 77 years since the liberation of Auschwitz-Birkenau, which was the largest Nazi concentration camp and extermination center mm. in Europe. Less than 80 years after the war, the Jewish people, after the Holocaust, really didn't think they would have to cope with anti-Semitism again. I know, it's, yes. And here we are. Again, survivors are still here, and we see so much anti-Semitism in the biggest democracy in the world. That is 
scary. I want you to keep going, but I say this to churches all the time, that I have to remind them that it was only 80 years ago. Um, 80 years, not 800 years. We're not talking about some ancient, you know, culture. We're talking about 80 years ago that a, a group of men led by one man, Hitler, thought it would be the proper idea to systematically exterminate. I, his goal was 11 million Jewish people, and he, 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 he targeted, he could only accomplish 6 million. 6 million is out of control. But this only happened 80 years ago. And I try to remind churches to think about the fact that here we are only 80 years later. You think we would have learned our lesson, not only in the United States, but in Europe of all places, that we would have learned this lesson. But here we are again, back to what almost seems like the 1930s with the type of anti-Semitism that is boiling up, Jew hatred that is boiling up um, in these democracies, which is very scary. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to let you know that is something important to me that people recognize. We're not talking about something that happened a long time. We're talking about 80 years. There are still people alive today that experience that. Absolutely. Every word that you said is so true. And I, I appreciate that you go around and you're an ambassador for this uh, important topic. But I want us to remember what was happening in the 30s. Hitler came to power in 1933. He started changing the education within Germany. Textbooks, mm-hmm. where children were learning what are the Jews, they're creatures, they're subhuman. People were let out of their public uh, offices. They were not allowed to practice as doctors in state uh, hospitals, as judges. Uh, children could not, Jewish children could not attend public schools. There were new laws every day. In youth groups, the German ch- kids the German youth was learning to hate the Jews. That made it very, let's remind our audience that World War II broke out on September 1st, 1939. Mm -hmm. That, That preparation in the 30s with education, propaganda, indoctrination, only words, right? Only words and laws, not any, not yet physical. Yes, Kristallnacht, the night of the broken glasses, took place in November 38. But even before that, it was, you see, they're talking. What damage can uh, words do? But the, the Jewish um, rabbinicals say that life and death is in the hands of the tongue. Mm. Okay? So the words have a lot of power. So this, these kids in Germany in the 30s were then the soldiers of the 40s, right? Mm-hmm. World War II ended in 45. So for them being educated, the Jews are subhuman, that they're the source of all evil. It made it very easy to go around and shoot them in killing pits, starve them to death, uh, put them in uh, the uh, camps, gas them to death. Mm -hmm. All of that was easy because they were educated that way. Yep. So that's why education is essential and telling the truth is essential. And these people, when you disconnect yourself from the word of the Lord, mm. when God's, when, you know, when it's written in um, Genesis that all men were created in the image of God, when you disconnect yourself from the, from the source, then, um, then it's easy to listen to one lunatic leader. That's right. You can treat people subhuman then. 
Exactly. Uh, you know, I had a family in, in Yad Vashem, and we were walking through uh, the museum. The museum in Yad Vashem is only one component of all the educational and, uh, and activities that take place there. But as we were walking out, one of the kids say, said, but how could they kill the Jews? It's illegal. Mm-hmm. Illegal in the eyes of who? Yep. When we make the laws as human beings, you can change it. But when you go according to the Bible and in the Ten Commandments, you're not allowed to murder. It doesn't say who you're not allowed to murder. You are not allowed to murder. That makes it very easy. This is the heart of Christian Friends of Yad Vashem, to educate the Christian community, to raise up new leaders, to be proponents of the truth about what happened during the Holocaust so that it never happens again. Um, and I am very thankful that you're the one in charge, Sarah. And I am wondering if there's a someone listening right now and thinking, I wish I could get some education about this uh, uh, from Christian friends of Yad Vashem, or man, this is something our church could benefit from, or, or maybe there's a pastor listening who's thinking, this would be a fantastic opportunity for me to engage with the Jewish community, to support the Jewish community, to support Israel. I would love to learn what are ways that people can get involved and how can they get in contact with you? So uh, they can be in touch with me with my email. Uh, you can go into the, uh, my email is sara.granitsa at uh, Yad Vashem, one word, dot org.al. This Pastor Mark Jenkins, who is here in the United States. Um, there's, you can go into the Yad Vashem website and find us there and be in touch with us or just uh, type Christian Friends of Yad Vashem and dot uh, org and you can uh, find us and get in touch with us. Um, I invite, as I said, Christian leaders to be in touch with us uh, and we'll be happy. We organize we will be happy to work things together. There, there are a lot of ways to do it. Uh, we have a lot of website, uh, webinars that we give on site. We have educational activities that take place in Yad Vashem. We're looking forward to having one this April. Christian leaders from around the world will hopefully, despite COVID, will come to Israel and participate, participate in an eight day long uh, Christian leadership seminar in Yad Vashem. But this past year we had a year-long webinar uh, on the internet, so there are a lot of activities. And uh, we have our Facebook. You can ask for a friend to to join our Facebook. It's a closed group, but if you re- request, then uh, we will probably let you in. That's great. Uh, but I would like to add that Yad Vashem, um, our partners who support us, um, in the past, were a lot of them were Holocaust survivors, mm-hmm. but they're passing. The state of Israel, the government of Israel supports Yad Vashem, but it's only partially and very partially. The great activities that Yad Vashem does is thanks to our partners. We need the Christian community to partner with us. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of ways to do it. There are different projects that you can take upon yourself as a church, as a community, as a family, as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, things that are relevant, that mean a lot to you, and will enable us to continue with this essential uh, work that we do. We didn't think that Yad Vashem, you know, we knew Yad Vashem is important, but it became so relevant, unfortunately, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not only the past, it is absolutely our future. That's right. And your present as well, yes. right now. Um, well, I also know that our team is going to make sure that contact information is available at foiradio.org. 
Sarah, thank you so much for spending some time with us and uh, you've been nothing but a blessing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And you're doing a great job. It's inspiring. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Friends of Israel Today. It was a joy to hear from Sarah Granitza. Chris, where are we headed next week? There's a Jewish festival coming up called the Feast of First Fruits. We're going to look at that and how it ties in with resurrection. I hope our listeners come back. Our host and teacher is Chris Katulka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallion. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. And I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide evangelical ministry proclaiming biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while bringing physical and spiritual comfort to the Jewish people.